Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Guess what? We're having a show today. It's Christmas. How awesome is that? And we are, and you still get to have a pleasure zone show, like pleasure on Christmas. How fantastic is that? I don't know if Mary had pleasure on Christmas. I mean, she gave birth. So that could have been fun for her. It might not have been fun for her. Who knows? So, we don't know, do we? We can't say we weren't there. But uh, we are going to be talking about love, the gift of love. And I have a special guest here whose whole motto in life is to live better, love better, and lead better. So we're going to be talking about the love better part of this. And I've got my guest, Matthew Brackett. For those of you who are really new to this show and you haven't seen Matthew on here, he has been a guest on before. And for those of you who don't know who he is and what he's done in the world, I'll give you a little brief on that. So Matthew was born the 10th of 13 children. I know what an amazing mother. In a small town in New England, Matthew has enjoyed broad international intercultural experience in leadership, educational and consulting roles in Italy, Ireland, England, Colombia, Chile and Mexico, as well as having been a special staff officer and chaplain in the United States Navy, serving both the sailors and the Marines. He has a really, actually, that's a really brief, right, <laughs> kind of description of, of, uh, of what Matthew has done in his life. Like, we're talking years and years of dedication. Uh, so also, Matthew is certified as a professional certified coach, uh, certified speaker of the John Maxwell Leadership Team. And he's completed specialized postgraduate degrees in spiritual theology, human development from the universities in Rome and Italy, specialized in studies, counseling, family and education at Los, Los Andes University in Chile, and a master's degree in the psychology of leadership from Pennsylvania State University. Matthew has like letters and things after his name that probably some of you have never even heard of. So he's got an MA and MPS. You know, he's got letters. And That's right. <laughs> got a lot of letters after your name. Well, it's <laughs> so good to be here yet again. I'm so grateful that you came on and that you had time for this because I know you're super busy and you've been doing all kinds of speaking. And I see like you're off and you're doing more more speaking events uh, in the next little while, like traveling the world, jumping around, educating <laughs> people, sharing your wisdom and your kindness and all of that with the world. So that's really cool. You're very so kind. when when I That's when I first invited you back on the show, yes. I wanted to talk about something naughty, but we're not going to do that yet. That's right. <laughs> Christmas is not a time to talk about naughty. It's about no. being naughty or nice. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to talk about love and the gift of love. Yes, and it's a really broad topic. So when when they kind of approached you on this topic you were like hey that's really broad so what were some of the first things that kind of jumped out at you when i said let's talk about the gift of love 
Thank you, Melitza. Again, thank you for the opportunity and for your audience. The other episode that we had together was about integrating faith and sex. So anyone wants to go back to that. The When you brought this topic up, a few things hit me. First of all, the word gift, because we're in the Christmas season and it's a time where we all celebrate gift giving. Now, in Christian tradition, I don't know much you want to get into faith, but anyways, in, in a lot of Christian tradition, it goes back to Christmas and that it God gave himself to us as a gift. So that's sort of where it comes from. Um, and so that's the, the whole thing about gift is we as human beings, we are gifts for one another. And to live as gifts for one another is I think one of, it's a, it sounds very beautiful. It's not easy to do. It's a challenge, but I think that's something so rich in the human condition that we have the, the we have the ability as human beings to choose to live as a gift for the other. And I'm not only referring to our spouses or our significant others or our partners. I'm referring to anyone that we can live as a gift for others. Now, that's the only thing that I have control over is how I show up as a gift for others. I can't determine or control how other people show up for me. But I think there's something so fascinating in the and beautiful of the human person. And we, and we marvel at it when we read about it, when we see movies about it, when we hear stories about it, how people can be so giving and so generous. So it's something so beautiful in the human spirit. And I think with, and humanity has always been through difficulties and challenges. So I, I'm not one to say that we are in the most complex and difficult times ever. That's no, not true. But we Every social moment has its challenges, and I think um, we are challenged in a lot of ways as human beings to live as gifts for others. And so that was one thing, gift giving. And the greatest gift that we can give others really is, is ourselves, is our love, our care, our kindness. And we can give all kinds of wrapped presents at Christmas, but they lose meaning when they're not backed up by this genuine gift of ourself and they gain so much meaning. In other words, they're a symbol of something deeper when it's backed up by a person who lives as a gift for the other. So that's one thing that came to mind, the word gift and then love, which is again, one of the greatest things that we can do as human beings. And there's a lot that we could talk about love. Love, yes, there's an emotional side to love, but I think there's also... When we, you know, philosophically, without will is uh, love is also a choice. In other words, love is something that I decide to do, even when I might not feel like it. Now, we would, we as human beings, we appreciate when we, when the emotion is, uh, is supportive of what we have, how we want to love, or right? we have the emotional backdrop. It's easier to love. It feels better. But love. The real, you know, real love, it's a choice. And if we go back to some of the philosophers who the way they define love is love is the will to will the good of the other. To want the good of the other. Now that's very broad. Right. And then as you as you would know, well, it's being the expert that you are, you know, if we go back to the Greek word, there's different, there's like four different words yeah. for in Greek around the different types of love. Because I think in, in you know, in, in English we use love for everything. I love a hamburger and I love an animal and I love yeah. a person. Right. <laughs> but love, you know, they have the family love. There's a um storage, which is a, a Greek word for sort of the love between family members, which is a protective love. 
there's philia which is that friendly type of love there's the erotic er, er, eros eros which is the erotic love there's then the agape which is the the highest type of love which is where unconditional that choice that sacrificial love and i'm going to go on a tangent here about sacrifice so as you can see a lot of things came to me as you brought up this topic but anyway yeah. sacrifice is, is a word that i think as human beings in english we have a hard time with because it has sort of a negative tone to it negative connotation but at the same time very heroic connotation to it and i think sacrifice you know if we go back to the latin it's very it's a very positive word because it comes from sacro facile to sacro meaning sacred holy or important right and then facile meaning to make so to make something holy sacred important to me so really that's my priorities people that are important to me so when something is important to me so i the way i say it is the, the steps that i take to achieve that goal or to maintain that as a priority, those are sacrifices. Yes, we have to give certain things up in order to make something important to us, whether that be a thing or a goal, or in this case, we're talking about people. Yeah. And so there's a very positive, very positive um, backdrop to that word sacrifice. So that's going back to agape, which is the, the the highest form of love from the Greek. Is that unconditional? It's that love that is a choice. It's that sacrificial love, and that's something that we admire in human beings. So that's all the things that some of the things that came to me when you brought up the gift of love. I love that you brought up the Greek the Greek meanings of love before I even asked you about it because I was I was gonna <laughs> I actually that was like so I was walking around the house and I'm like we could talk about the Greek meanings of love. Well, you just brought them all up. Before we came on, I, I was watching, um, a, I think it was like a TikTok or an Instagram, and there was a little girl, she was maybe five years old, and she was being interviewed about love. And somebody asked her, what is love? And I was like, how cool is this timing? And the little girl said that love is kindness. And when you think, when you're thinking about other people, that's love. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's like the sweetest thing in the world. And then they asked her, like, how do you know if somebody loves you? Um, and, and she went, she, she actually kind of like went into a little bit deeper about her perceptions of how, you know, when somebody loves you is that you, you feel like safe around them and you feel happy around them. And I was like, wow, cause these are things in my life that I know that I I've had like with my, with my parents, I, I have very, they have very different ways of showing love. So for me, growing up love was very confusing I actually didn't I still to this day I find love very elusive and very abstract and I'm like I don't even really understand like it's a very big concept right and to try and explain something like agape how do you explain God's love like we try and put words in it unconditional love we try to explain that and I don't think that we even have not just not we don't have the language I don't even know if we're at a level of consciousness that we can really get it. Mm -hmm. So I think it, love is incredibly elusive, but we always try and gift it. Right. And we try and receive it too. And it's like, how do we know when we're receiving love? That's a question I want to ask you is how do you know if you're receiving love from somebody? Oh boy. Before I answer that, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it is, it, love is, it's one of the greatest human topics that's been written about this poems about it, so many stories, but it is, you're right, it's so broad, but I think each person, you know, there's the five love languages, but you know, that's one aspect, mm -hmm. it's just, everyone experiences love in different ways, like as you said, as a child said, you know, when someone feels safe and secure, that's one expression of when someone feels loved. 
Right? So there's, there's these sort of consequences of when love happens. There's this mm-hmm. happiness. There's all these emotions, that, which I think are effects of when love happens. But it's, you're right. It's hard. It's elusive. It's hard to put your finger on what makes love love because I think it, it's expressed in different ways. It shows up in different ways, but we kind of, we as human beings, we know when it's there. Yeah. We can, we can smell it. It has a beautiful perfume, right? Aroma that we can, that we can pick up on all those, but it's hard to put our finger on it. How to receive love. And this is, and I think this is an important thing because one is love is how we care, how we give, but you're right. It's how we receive so your question is how to receive love? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd give you the big, the big whopper of a question. How do how do we know well, this, if we're receiving it and how do we receive it? Right. And this will get your your listeners. I won't say that I have the answer, but your listeners can sort of can think about this. I think part of love is knowing how to receive love. And this is as human beings, we can have a hard time because sometimes people, especially who are givers, they're like, they want to be the ones that give and, and they have a hard time receiving. You know, whether even we just talk about receiving compliments, receiving validation, receiving affirmation, we can be like, ah, nah, 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 nah. but that's, if that's how someone is loving, well, that's the gift that we can receive. It's knowing how to receive gifts is knowing how to receive gestures of love knowing how to receive how one's, you know, if we go back to the love languages, if someone who likes to show you love in this or that way, to know how to... love is, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Not only, now it is, you know, again, it's how I love, but, but we're talking about, right, how I want to give love, but now how can I receive love? It's to understand that when people are giving something, that they're doing it out of love, and it's a loving gesture to be able to receive it. I think we get that distorted sometimes because we we can reject it and and that's a contradiction because well, I want to love but then I end up rejecting someone's gestures of love yeah. and it's oftentimes it's unconscious right? it's not intentional but it's something that we have to pay attention to so how to receive love and then I think how to receive love has a lot to do with humility if we think that, you know, we are in the position where we are the only ones that can give love and we can't receive it, well, there's a certain distortion there. And I don't want to Absolutely. call it pride or arrogance or the ego, but it's some sometimes the ego can be in the way there. Where it's like, it's almost like when it comes to love, I need to be the only one that knows how to love and that gives love and I can't receive it. That's a distortion and that can end up being a little bit selfish. There can be some selfish motives there, which are very unconscious. And so to kind of bring those to light so that, no, loving is not only giving, but loving is also knowing how to receive. Yeah. That's what comes to mind when you ask that very challenging question. It is a very challenging question. And I've I've watched this in my own self. I've, I've been challenged by how to receive love. Um, and I've had that arrogance of, I have the ability to give, so I'm going to give to you. I think I was in my 20s when I started to look at it a little differently. And I had, um, it was actually a person who was a a person living on the street. And it it started off as somebody asking me for money. And I didn't have money um, at the time. And I was like, this is, and and my brain went, oh, this is really fascinating. I owe like $30,000 for like, school debt and this person has zero and they actually have more than I do 
<laughs> and so I challenged myself to ask them for money back. Mm. And the guy was like surprised. <laughs> and and uh, he was like, what do you mean? I said, well, right now I have negative 30,000. I owe the government. What do you owe? And he's like, zero. I'm like, so you actually have more than me. Are you willing to give to me? And it, it, it was kind of a stunned moment, but it, it kind of opened me up to like asking other people. And I have actually asked street people before too for money, because I do know that they have, and I've, I've actually received it like, and I'll, re and I'll receive it from them. I'll say, I need a quarter. Do you have a quarter for like a phone call? When we needed phone calls, right. when we needed quarters for phone calls, right? And I've I've been given it. So then it was the challenge to receive it, right? That mm. challenge to receive a quarter from somebody who has like zero is huge. And then I would go, okay, like I gotta like tear my heart open and be okay with this and like take that quarter and like not not feel guilty and not feel bad. Like they're they're gifting it to me and I'm gonna use it for what I said I was gonna use it for. And then um, so I think sometimes too, we, we can look at people and we evaluate, like, what do they have? What can they actually offer? But everybody has something to offer. And then the challenge I think is to actually learn how to receive it from them and oh. not, uh, you know, if that person gave me the quarter and I was like, no, I was just joking. Well, that's kind of, that would kind of tear them down. Right. And it's yeah. like, well, why are you screwing with me? Right. It was no, actually, thank you for that gift. I appreciate your gift and I'm going to utilize your gift as to me part of love is to show people they have value. Mm. And so, so I like, I like doing, I, I, it's like a weird thing I like doing is like asking random people for things to see if they'll, they'll say yes. <laughs> I, I'm also like, really, I've become really good at receiving no's. And, and then the challenge then was to also learn to receive yeses from people. And part of love to me is that willingness to be rejected. Mm -hmm. I, I know it sounds opposite, but I think there is like, in order to truly be able to feel loved, you also have to be able to be okay with being rejected. Cause sometimes you, you will have people separate from you and they won't love you. And, and you have to be able to be open enough to love them enough to let them walk away. Right. So profound. I think it's that unconditional aspect of love, right? In other words, that we, we give not looking for anything in return. And then we can also receive with that same unconditionality. Yeah. That's why what, what you're saying is so that it's not tied to anything, that our, our giving and our receiving is not tied to anything. And that's a, a beautiful thing about the ability, the human ability to love. Very challenging, definitely. So, you know, something yeah, that I went through recently, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's very challenging to get started and all that. And it's a lesson I learned recently is you know, sort of, I know it theoretically, but, you know, I love doing things for people, but I have a hard time asking. Mm. And I was in a lot of financial stress. You know, I just turned 50. So I was, I reached out to some of my siblings and say, Hey, how about I, um, how about a fine, um, a, a birthday Invest in me. All right. How about a birthday <laughs> present in the form of money? You know, and my siblings, some of they were just so they're like, you know, hey, never be afraid to reach out and ask. But there's a it requires sort of like this, yeah. it requires humility, recognizing what you're going through, knowing how and it's but it's also giving someone else the gift to be able to give. Yeah. And and give you what you need, right? It's it's right. like they they could have just said, Oh Matthew, we're we're gonna send you um 
a new sweater. You're like, I don't really need a new sweater. What I need is money to pay my bills. Right. <laughs> so, I won't pay my yeah. bills. But it's it was giving other people the opportunity to also help, right? Again, going back to the whole selfish thing, that if we're the only ones that sort of had of a dictatorship around giving, well, it's not helpful because other people want, also want to have that towards us. And always to, to do it in a very respectful way, but to give people the opportunity. Is a really, I think, a beautiful thing. There's that saying, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And for me, in my brain, I always went, who the heck is receiving? All right. If yeah. everybody's giving, like my brain does these things and I and I like then I question these things. I'm like, but I don't get how that works. So yeah, that the it's equal. It's equally important to give and receive. And yes. it doesn't have to be physical things, but when you need physical things like like money to be able to have the courage to ask for it. And even in business, it's like you you can have you know, you can be like writing invoices or something. And that can even be intimidating at times. Um, I was mm. kind of joking with, so Lizzie Enns is also a, um, right. uh, she's got a show on Inspired Choices Network as well. And I work with her on some things and she she laughs. She's like, I know that you struggle with invoices. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, when the invoice is really high, you will wait like two weeks because it's like, you're afraid to ask me for money. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, just stop it. Just send the invoice. I'm like, okay. Like, it's really funny because I'm like, I did the work, but I, I I've had this thing where I'm like, I just want to give to you. So I don't know how to ask. For... And my husband laughs. He's like, I need to make you a t-shirt that says money up front because you will do things for people forever and not ask for money. Um... I'm like, you're right. So it's kind of like this ongoing joke that it's, it's something for me that I like diligently practice is receiving. And I find it incredibly difficult. Christine McIver, CEO of this network, will attest to that. She yells at me all the time for it. <laughs> so, so it is something that I'm working on. And there's an absolutely an arrogance that comes with um, I'm the better giver. And I, I know I'm not. It's also the fear of receiving sometimes can get big. So maybe That's, we'll talk a little bit about that too. The Maybe there's the fear of giving. Like if I give too much, will there be nothing left? If I, you know, if I receive too much, will people find me greedy? Something like that. So we're going to go to our first commercial break a little bit late, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, wow. So for those of you listening, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspire Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur? Wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email. Info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are listening, it is Merry Christmas to all of you. We are celebrating the Christmas show with a little topic called The Gift of Love with my guest, Matthew Brackett, who his his whole way of life is to live better, love better, and lead better. So what better person to talk about the gift of love than Matthew, who this is like his thing in life. And I love, I love that. So we've been talking about in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, the Greek meanings of love. What is it like to receive love? What all these scary things about love and how do we receive it and how do we give it and how do we know if we're doing this? And I do think that there is an energy that sometimes comes with fear, both with like giving too much, like, how do I know if I'm giving too much love? Or how do I know if that person's going to reject me? There is this element with love that there's going to be the opposition to it, which is kind of like rejection and, um, well, I think the opposite of love can be many things. The opposite of love can be fear. It can be hate. It can be so many things. Um, so there, when we have love, then we often will probably have the counter, the counterbalance energy to it of, I have this fear that I might lack love or that I might never have love or that I might, you know, all those other things. So let's talk a little bit about some of those oppositional energies that might stop us from really knowing love. Mm. I'm just throwing all the challenges out to you. Oh today, <laughs> <laughs> this is so fascinating because as human beings, we live in this tension. And I think that's probably where I would, I would start is this, this great ability, as we've talked about, to love. But there's also that tension that, toward the ego, which we would call selfishness. But there's all there's a healthy side to that. So it's like, in other words, how do I protect myself? How do I establish the proper boundaries? Because when we talk about these extremes, we have someone that can can be a giver, that can give, 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 but can lose respect for themselves in that giving. In other words, burn themselves out, set themselves up for a lot of betrayal and rejection or abuse of that love. Right. So people, someone who gives a lot then can be walked over right stepped sure. up and so again we're talking about extremes here as we know virtue is always in the middle and so understanding these pulls that we have we have this pull to love but we also have this internal pull to protect ourselves and and it's important just to pay attention to that and i think intentionality is always important to pay attention to what why do i do what i do 
Am I doing it to fill a void? Am I doing it for affirmation, for validation? Sort of like this, this ongoing thirst that is never quenched to be affirmed and validated. That's, that's you know, in, in other terms, that's what we'd call an aspect of codependency. Mm-hmm. So these are, again, these are all these things that we, as human beings, we try to keep in check and it's very challenging because we're pulled in all these directions. There's a lot of unconscious motives to what we do. Sometimes there's more other motives that are more conscious, but we don't really label them or know where they're coming from. So that's, and those are some things that come to mind as we're pulled in all these directions. And so I would encourage people to understand, you know, when I love, why do I do what I do? And when that love is not being respected or is being rejected or is being sort of stomped on, do I know how to pull back in an appropriate manner? that is respectful towards myself and really respectful towards the dignity of love and the dignity of the other person. Because when that's when we can become enablers, when we just sort of let people do, you know, walk all over us. Well, we're not, we're really not loving them in the end because love is not, it's not a soft word. Yeah. It's a very strong and, and hard word and challenging. And when we love someone, we also want to lift them up. And sometimes that means that we need to, establish better boundaries we need to step away even though that's what we could call hard love right it could be misunderstood misinterpreted how we do it is very important again what we can control how the other person interprets it we can control our messaging and do our best and in doing that there is so much there so many there is (laughs) the directions that we're pulled in as human beings did i answer your question you did. Yeah. And I think we do. We really have these, we have, and sometimes we can have all these things going on simultaneously. We can have the, the fear, we can have the love and it can all happen simultaneously. And then when we don't take that moment to step back and find out what our motivations are, like, what are we feeling and why are we feeling this? And when we don't take that moment, we end up getting into sometimes old cycles that are in old patterns that might bring us into the same situations where we're not really healing and receiving more love. What we're doing is we're just maybe out of desperation trying to cling like that codependency that you were mentioning, trying to cling to something um, that isn't necessarily going to elevate us. And and right. I like that word you were using elevate because it is about elevating us into a different awareness, a different consciousness, a different level of love, like all of these things that we um I think as human beings, that's part of the target is to elevate ourselves to become better people, right? In general, I would hope that's part of the target in general, but I don't know, that's not everybody's target, but that I think is anybody who's got that as a target is going to look to, to be able to take that moment to be more of an observer, I think can help also with love too, when you can sit back and observe people and you Mm. can see like, you know, what are they actually saying? Are they saying that they need space? Are they saying that, and and to hear people and to know that when they are, what they are saying is often exactly how they feel. Because yeah. a lot of times, so when I, when I work with couples, I do have a lot of people who are always trying to like, and you work with couples as well. I don't know if you find this too, but people try and reinterpret what each other says. And sometimes it's like, they just said what they said. That's exactly what they said. It's okay that that's how they feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so sometimes we try to reinterpret to make things more comfortable for ourselves. And if somebody in in terms of like the the way that we give love, if somebody's saying to you that they love you, are you okay with believing that? 
because I've also had, you know, people go, well, they say they love me, but they don't do A, B, C, and D. Okay, well, then the conversation is really about how do we integrate those things that you require that help mm. you feel loved? How do we right. integrate that? Um, rather than saying you're not loved. And right. I recently worked with a couple locally and it was really, really cute because they've been together for years. And I and I had given the lady like one phrase to say that was different. And and so then and then she went home and used it. And she came back the next week and she's like, How did that work? I'm like, because you actually told your partner what you feel and you weren't in the place of judgment. So one of the the sentences that she was using is he's just getting so fat and he won't look after himself. And I'm like, so what are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid he's going to die. I said, so the truth is that you actually dearly love him and you want him to look after himself so that he can live longer and you guys can have a happy life together. And she was like, yeah. I said, then tell him that. Right. And she was like, oh, I said, yeah. <laughs> so there, it's like, sometimes you do need to reinterpret, but the, the truth was there was love behind it. It was just a lot of frustration built up. And then sometimes we say things. Um, so yeah, she ended up doing that. And I haven't seen her for two weeks. She's off having happiness. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> so I, love when that, I love when those things show up. So when you are when you are loving somebody, get down to the root of it. I think sometimes that's an issue too, right? Is we don't get down to the root of what we really feel like the lady saying like, he's just, die. he's lost himself. Well, what are you really worried about there? What are you seeing? Do you feel like they don't love themselves? Like what's going on? So when you're working with couples and in, or even people in general, because you've worked with a lot of people who probably have had through your life, had a lot of love issues, relationship issues, what are some of the things you've come across that you find are things that there may be some, I, I find that's like an ongoing theme that people are like, they'll say things that are kind of mean, but that's not actually what they mean. Right. And um, there's something underneath it. So do you find that there's a similar trend or are you finding something else going on? Oh, definitely. I think, and when I talk about communication, whether it be with people that I work with in leadership coaching, also in couples, it's sort of what message do I want the person to hear? Yeah. And I start there. I say, what do you want them to hear? Well, I want them to hear this and this. Okay, well, how can you package that in the way that that's what they're going to hear? Because oftentimes we let ourselves to get to pull, you know, whether it be frustration or whatever it is, impulses, then we we say something and the message that's coming across is very different than what we want them to hear. Like that example that you give of the woman. Yeah. So it's like you, and so you went deeper. So what do you want them to hear? What's some, why, why is this so important to you? Well, because I want them to know that I love them and I want them to live longer. And well, then that's, how can I package that message so that that's what they yeah. hear and that they're not hearing these other things. Now in, in relationships, you know, in romantic and committed loving relationships, what happens is there's a lot of history. So there's, there can be a lot of hurt. And so we speak oftentimes from hurt. We speak from our wounds. We speak from, our past experiences and therefore from assumptions. And so it's, we become a bit incredulous about what others say, or become cynical towards what others say, like, Oh, what's, what's behind what they're saying. I can't really, you know, and then they try to be nice. And then we, we become cynical of that too. And so you sort of like, you can never win. And so it's really, and that's the hard thing because there's a lot of baggage there, our history. And so it's sort of, we need to purify that because we're not, we're not doing justice to to the other and to our relationship when we filter or view everything through those lenses and filters of the past. 
That's so what I are know. some of the ways that, that you suggest people do use to like purify the past so that they can receive more love from their partners? Do you have any tips that um, come to mind? What's well, <laughs> oh boy, that's hard. Well, it I depends what the past is like. Um, yeah. I really, I mean, like what you do, what I do, I really think in third party interventions. In other words, having a facilitator in the conversation mm-hmm. because it's new eyes, fresh eyes that don't have all those filters and baggage and they can take things at face value. And this means two things. When we bring some, a third party in to our relationship, it means first of all, that we want to improve. It shows that, you know, we're, we're not content where we're at and and we want to be better um, in both parts. And so that's, that's huge. And secondly, you're inviting someone into that sacred space, which is an intimate space, which is your relationship. And that's something that you and I, none of us ever take lightly. And it's a a very sacred, holy space to be. And it's a very vulnerable space. But when you bring someone in, it it really offers a lot more objectivity. And you, a facilitator, facilitates conversations that otherwise might not happen. And you sort of facilitate and then guide the conversations so that everyone has each one each party has time to talk each party has time to listen and then you're able to say what i'm hearing because everyone you know they're obviously they're hearing through their assumptions and interpretations and their filters and and we as facilitators aren't because we 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 don't have all that history with them and so what i'm hearing and so we sort of purify the message in that that would be the first thing that comes to mind as as a way to get beyond that Sometimes a couple, a just as human beings, sometimes we there's certain a lot of things that we can't do on our own. And as a couple, there's certain things that you can't do on your own as a couple. And so we all need support. And why is this important to us? You tell me when we need to break. But this is important as human beings, you know, when we have experiences, emotions, thoughts, and all this, when we transform them into words, that's how we process things. And that's why we need someone else because I, like in this relationship, I, I'm i a mystery to myself in some way. So I get to know myself through the eyes of Melitza. And that's how it happens in, in, in couples. That's what happens also in, in the coaching relationship. We all need another human being in, as sort of like a mirror or a window through which I can see myself. Mm-hmm. And this is how we are as human beings and, and how we process when we when we transform things that are internal into words, we take more ownership, they become more real. Now, in some couples' dynamics, they're unable to do that because things escalate really quick. And so that healthy process gets um truncated or distorted very quickly. Um and so therefore it's not not fruitful. That's why a facilitator can be very helpful in that because that each couple, each each part of that relationship can hear the other say things in a new way and not react and not escalate and just allow them to say it and, and then learn how to listen in new ways. I think that's this is so powerful. But it's hard for us again because that, that tension, we well, I don't, you know, we're very self-protective. I don't want to need help. I don't want to be in a position where I need help. Um, so that we get that ego that's pulling on us, but we also have this other aspect that as human beings, as social beings, we need help. We can't get places on our own. And so it's learning to do that. We're not on the planet by ourselves. I don't know if any of you guys realize that, but there's more <laughs> than one person. And it's kind of a weird thing that 
the setup is that we actually all need each other <laughs> so in some way or another. So having you know, somebody facilitate is helpful. It is. And Melissa, since we're talking about Christmas and just, you know, children and birth and all that, it's, you know, the most, if we look at creation or just nature, no element or of creation survives on its own. Never. No. It's all interdependent. And they're really the most, if I were to use the word, I don't like to use this word referring to human beings, but the most useless creature, right? Or dependent creature for a long period of time is a human baby. Yeah. And there's a great lesson there for us as human beings that yes, we we need each other from from day one of conception, right? And and then we, you know, and as a baby, and then when we get old again, we we go back to that same dynamic where of great interdependence and dependence. Absolutely. I'm not referring to the to the diapers, right? But but <laughs> we all, but yes, we all need each other when we get to that older age. And that's also very challenging for us. But anyway, seeing that in my dad, actually. My dad's 85 and he's ha he is having a lot of resistance to receiving, which is really fun to watch. And then um, I, he said to me the other day, my, so my dad's got a very thick Serbian accent. I don't know what, why, I don't know why, but you, you changed my life this year. You, you changed my life. And I'm like, okay, dad, I changed your life. How? He's like, I don't know, but you changed my life. And now I'm happier. I'm like, I don't know why, but I am. I'm oh. like, okay, dad. <laughs> no. So he has a huge challenge in receiving my dad is like uh, su super arrogant about gifting has always been. And he would like roof, even if somebody who was a multimillionaire handed him money, he would I don't need it. Right. But he's actually finally like surrendered and softened to let me step in and like help him do some things. And it's, um, and I can actually see how that reflects in his health. Mm. So the more he's able to receive from me, the better his health is. He's getting more, like he was almost not even uh, functional to like walk a few months ago. And the more he's been receiving from me, he called me this morning. He's like, I'm going for a walk. I'm like, good for you. My dad lives three hours away. So it's not like I could chase him down the road. <laughs> I'm like, good for you, dad, go for a walk. Just so you know, I didn't fall down the stairs. I'm going for a walk. Okay, Dad, have fun. <laughs> so it's um, it's kind of it's kind of funny to to um watch as somebody softens. And my dad is like a really big example of that in my life. Is like to watch how somebody softens to be able to receive, and how that actually reflects not just in uh their happiness, but also it, their body translates that oh, too yeah. and shows you how that receiving of love and receiving of whatever it happens to be can actually be this amazing contribution to your entire being in your life. And, mm -hmm. and spiritually it does things for you as well. So we're going to, we will get back to this because we have only done one commercial break. We're going to do number two and right. we won't have a third this time, but that's all good. So we're going to head to our next commercial break. You're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. 
On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we are talking about the gift of love with Matthew Brackett. And I have to say, I'm like really proud of myself. I haven't blushed once and I haven't turned into like a little giddy child because for those of you who don't know, I have like a massive crush on Matthew Brackett. So this is like really, really uh, like hard for me, but I'm like maintaining composure and I'm doing, I'm really proud of myself right now. <laughs> so, for me. Doing <laughs> great, Melissa. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening and you're wondering about love, what is love? Um, I know that there are, you know, when we look at love, even from the from the, the Greek explanations, I also think of love, um, there, there is in, um, I think it's in the Bhagavad Gita, but I, don't quote me on this, but there is this description between love and lust and, and that lust is something that we have that's more based on our like carnal nature, um, desire for somebody almost like an ownership of somebody and that true love is like is like the agape love from greek right it's more of that that um open love that is very uh non-judgmental it's it's like that that ultimate god love actually so there's that love and so i think when we look at when i i think when we look at love and we look at the gift of love is to also have that question in mind like is this love or is this lust like, what am I feeling for this person? Mm. I say that because I just mentioned that I have a crush and like, what the heck are crushes? Are they love? Are they lust? Are they admiration? What are they? But there's so many things, right? So, so <laughs> to explore that, because I think we don't really, um, I think a lot of people define love nowadays in a way that is actually what lust is. Mm. Wow, you're so deep and profound. Well, it's, it's I just <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, don't, I don't watch your show often so maybe this is just the way you show up every every day this is how, this is how i show up yeah <laughs> so, i dive i dive into different angles <laughs> but that's funny but the the again we're talking about these tensions in the human being right and and i think in love it's also for a really healthy love it's also important to have a healthy relationship with oneself Mm -hmm. a stable secure sort of solidified self-love which is not selfishness right but it's just a very strong sense of who one is and who one's worth is there's a phrase that i like to use is only when you are at home with yourself are you ready to welcome someone into your home hmm. yep that's a great phrase yeah you can quote me on that <laughs> and that's yeah and it is based on, you know, sometimes that we look for relationships to fill a void. And, and again, that's, we're not doing justice to the other person because we're expecting sort of the the impossible, 
may you have to fill the voids in my life. Now, there is a completion that happens in, in relationships, but that having a strong self is very important. And when you talk about love and lust also, is there's a lot of talk about love. And it's, it, you, I think I would agree with that. There's, it's a, I think it's a very selfish perspective of love and being confused with, in this case, what you're saying, it's lust because I love in as much as it's good for me and, and as I benefit. And that's a contradiction to really what, what love is. Now, of course, we can benefit right? in, in true love, especially when it goes both ways. Every, that's a piece of heaven when that happens. But this sort of, there's a big focus now on self. And so, you know, and my emotional well-being and that I get whatever I need out of it and out of something. And, and no, there's, and you're right, there's a, there's a very subtle selfishness there or lust when it's really mm-hmm. all about my pleasure. It's all about me. It's all about my satisfaction. And so I think that's a distortion, definitely, of what love is. And that's, you know, and since we're in the pleasure zone, well, let's, you know, well, let's talk about sexual intimacy. Right? <laughs> yes, <when> Matthew. <laughs> sexual intimacy is one of those greatest moments of expression of the gift of love, of where in a couple where they give themselves to each other in a very unique and right physical but also you know hopefully it's not just physical but it's also emotional it's also psychological and spiritual there's this bonding of 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 the of two human people where they where they and that embrace that loving embrace mm-hmm. now in in sexual intimacy there can also you know some of the lust and selfishness can also come into play right where it's one part is only looking for themselves and the other part can feel used mm-hmm or just as an instrument of pleasure but now when this goes both ways and it, it becomes sort of you know there's a mutual understanding and we're, we're we're loving each other we're serving each other we're giving ourselves to each other we're looking for the good of the other and when that happens in, in sexual intimacy what's well, it's a very beautiful thing because each person feels treasured loved valued and all of that and i think to add to that right so yeah the love the treasured the valued just like in receiving love when it's even non-sexual and how that can impact your life receiving love when you've added that sexual intimacy it can heal dynamically it can actually heal your body dynamically Mm. so for those of you with chronic conditions out there you can actually use your like your sexual intimacy with your partner if you have a partner that's very loving to you if you think of it this way if somebody touches you with love and they put your hand on you and they have kindness and love your body responds to that and it will respond and it will probably begin to feel better so if you can do that in the most intimate and vulnerable way your body can heal so you know to not just take it to the level of yes this is lovely and low there is like there are levels that you can like elevate your sexual experience to have love and all the healing that comes with it as my hands just want to go in all these directions <laughs> it just it goes everywhere so you can have you can have an experience that is very different than what you see in pornography very different than what you've read about in textbooks it's it's something that i think maybe eastern tradition talks about it a lot with like things like tantra and mm. um those kind of experiences where your body is is having both a physical emotional spiritual experience and there's transformation that happens and so all of that's 
completely possible. I know it's possible, but I've experienced it. So I know that's something that is available on the planet. So we can receive on an incredibly intimate, deep level that I think a lot of us crave that and, and we seek it and we're seeking it in ways that, it, that but we're not being fulfilled, right? So we're seeking it in ways which could be like, oh, I need this deep fulfillment. I'm going to go eat some candy. I need this deep fulfillment. So I'm going to go smoke some drugs. I need this deep fulfillment. So I'm going to go have sex with strangers or whatever. Like we're looking for deep fulfillment, but we're not finding the right resources to fill it. Like you were saying that emptiness when we want to, we have to be able to bring that wholeness of ourselves to somebody. And then there's completion, which is different than when you're empty and you're trying to fill a void. So we need to be able to have that and bring that to each other. And then you can have dynamic interactions that you probably never even knew were possible. Mm, Definitely. Just bringing that up for a second. (laughs) And you're right. As human beings, we look for all these things to sort of fill the void, but then we begin to realize it's not doing it. And I think, and that just, you know, when we in sexuality and and, in sexual relations, when we detach just the sexuality, the sexual intimacy from all these other aspects of who we are as human beings, well, it's not going to satisfy the way, oh, you know, it might satisfy in one way, in a very passing way. But when it's when it's integrated into who we are as human beings and all elements, and in that that bond of love, it uh, it's so bonding, it's so uniting, it's so fulfilling. Again, it's a little slice of heaven on earth. Absolutely. So we've got about two minutes left of the show. And I, what I would love is for you to let people know how to get a hold of you, and who who are the kind of people you're looking to work with? If you can just give us a brief on that. Of course, Melissa. And let's see. I do a lot of leadership work and love fits into that because I say leadership is love and love is leadership. When we talk about leading as influence. And when I talk, my approach to leadership is what I would call a holistic approach. So it's how I lead myself, how I lead in my intimate circles. And that's where relationship coaching fits in. And, and then in parenting and things like that, and then how I lead professionally and in organizational contexts. So really it's it's people who who are influential, who consider themselves very influential in their lives, and but they want to influence in a positive way in their romantic relationship a lot better. Maybe they're they've hit some rough spots, they want to see each other better, they want to hear better, and they want to love better and their romantic relationships. So people like that, that are willing, that want to invest, that really believe that their relationship will work and they want to make it work. Uh, those are the type of people that I work with. But one of the things is also, they have to be willing to work on themselves. In yeah. other words, that they're not pointing the finger that if you fix my spouse or partner, but rather that they're willing to take ownership of, I'm going to do my part to make, because my relationship will be good as as I am, as I am, as, as good as I am. In this I want to, I want to say thank you, Matthew, for coming on. We have one second left. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone New Year. with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.